I'm thankful for what I feel in the house of the Lord. I'm glad I know Jesus is alive. And I'm glad I'm in an apostolic church where we still preach and teach the apostles' doctrine of repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I say it all the time, but it's real. It's the truth. It's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Amen. Go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter number 23. Psalms, chapter number 23, and verse number 4, and then to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. I'd like to welcome all of our guests and our online audience to Bethlehem Church. Can you make our guests and our online audience welcome today? Thank you for being with us. Amen. Today at 5 o'clock, be free. Remember that. Also, church starts in the, in the prayer room at 6, and then our service starts at 6.30. For all of our guests and our new folks, we invite you to come to First Steps immediately following this service. We have lunch prepared, and we hope that you'll spend some time with us at First Steps. The book of Psalms, chapter number 23. Psalms 23 and verse number 4. If you found it, say amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Ezekiel chapter number 37 and verse number 1. Ezekiel 37 and 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone and when I beheld lo the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great 
army. I want to preach for a while this morning. My valley won't be my grave. My valley. Look at somebody and tell them my valley won't be my grave. God, I pray for your anointing on me to preach. I pray, God, for you to anoint the ear of the hearer the mind to understand and the heart to receive. God, help us to take this word today and apply it to our lives. Lord, I'm not interested in just a speech today or a sermon. God, I want to move in the Holy Ghost in this place. I pray, God, that you would do a mighty work of your spirit in this house. Not by power, not by might. But by your spirit, Lord, let it be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Oh, come on. Let's warm our praise up a little bit right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Your worship opens the door for your breakthrough. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We often face challenges in life, don't we? Amen. Life seems to have its ups and its downs. I'll be honest with you this morning that most of our greatest issues are not what happens to us, but how we deal with what happens. We face the mental struggles to contextualize our trials and tribulations of life. Very often when we deal with issues, the common issues that come with living in a fallen world, we're tempted to think that somehow it's the judgment of God that's come against us. Life, my brothers and sisters, is a journey. Sometimes it's mountaintops. Sometimes it's level, comfortable land. And sometimes it's valleys. And when it's the valley, we often think that for some reason God is against us or that maybe he has forgotten or forsaken us. Our trials and tribulations and cares of life often cause us to feel forsaken and forgotten or rejected by God. It is the human tendency to contextualize our trials, to try to figure out why or how. This morning, I feel like I'm preaching to everyone that's here today. There are those on the mountain, but rest assured, someday you'll be in the valley. And for those that are in the valley right now, rest assured, someday, if you don't quit, you'll get back to the mountaintop. Amen. Ezekiel found himself in a valley. The things that he saw in the valley were disturbing and distressing. Discouraging. He found himself in the middle. The Bible said he was in the midst of the valley, in the middle of the valley. He was standing in this dry, barren valley, 
rocky cliffs and barren mountains rising high around him. At the feet of the prophet were thousands of bones bleached white by the scorching sun. These bones represented a lot of things, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of loss that was associated with their death. It represented people whose lives were now lost and gone, the unfulfilled dreams and desires and destinies. In our human nature, we often think that any time we experience something that looks discouraging, that it's the devil that did it. However, Ezekiel was very clear that it was the hand of the Lord on him, the Spirit of the Lord that carried him to this valley. He said, the hand of the Lord was upon me and the Spirit carried me to this valley. It was God that took Ezekiel to the valley. It wasn't the devil that took him there. It wasn't an enemy that took him to the valley. It was the Lord, the Spirit that carried him to that valley. Ezekiel had to submit to the plan of God so that God could somehow get glory out of that valley. Ezekiel looked out across the valley and he saw the bleached bones of an army that had died there. At some point in the past, this ancient army had passed through this valley and by some means they met their demise. We don't know if they all died in one particular battle or if it was stretched out over days or weeks or maybe months of a war taking place where each of those soldiers had found their end in that valley. One lesson is clear as crystal. They had died in the valley. My brothers and sisters, armies were not designed for the valley. Armies were designed for the battlefield. And if you stay in the valley too long, you'll perish in the valley. Today, we have high-tech weaponry that we can wipe out large groups of people with one strike. We have conventional weaponry that one bomb can destroy the equivalent of six city blocks, one explosion. We have atomic weaponry that can destroy whole cities with one explosion. In the Bible days, there was no kind of artillery like that. Weaponry was limited to slings and spears and swords and arrows. And so this army in the valley didn't die with one quick blow and it was just instantly over. This was a horrible bloodletting that took place over a extended amount of time. It took a lot of time and a lot of suffering for an entire army to die in the same valley. They didn't die from one fatal blast. Different types of wounds, different types of injuries, and different methods of destruction all bring about the same end result. They died in the valley. The prophet said the bones were 
very dry. Everybody say very dry. In the Old Testament, there were 15 different words that were translated into the English language as the word dry. The prophet had choices. He didn't have to use the particular Hebrew word he used there. He could have used any one of those 15 words to convey the meaning that he was trying to give. But he used the particular word yabesh, which means literally to be confused, disappointed, ashamed, or to wither away. He said, when I look at these dead bodies in the valley, when I see this army that has suffered death, I see multiple causes, multiple means, multiple wounds that caused their death. It wasn't a singular powerful bomb that exploded and killed them. Some may have died by a sword, some by a spear, some by arrows, others by clubs or slings. Soldiers of the army died by different methods and means, but they were dead nonetheless. The prophet said, I see dry bones, but they didn't get this way all the same way. There were many different kinds of ways that these bones got to be in this situation. In this prophecy, it was not an actual army. It was a spiritual army. And this spiritual army found their death by different methods. He said, I see these dry bones. And if you follow the definition of the word, confusion, disappointment, shame, and withering away. May I tell you that when people lose their relationship with God, they don't all lose it the same way. Some die from confusion. Some die from disappointment. Some die from shame. And some simply wither away a little at a time. Regardless of how they died, the fact was that they were dead in the valley. And if God didn't do something, they were going to remain there forever. Regardless of the cause of death, Every soldier in that valley had met a tragic and disastrous end. Brothers and sisters, I take preaching seriously. Amen. To me, this is not a speech. It's not a performance. It's not just reading some kind of a literary production. In this room, there's people who are going to spend eternity somewhere in heaven or in hell. What we say today by the anointing of the Holy Ghost has the ability to make a difference in somebody's eternity. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You boys are sleepy this morning. I might install a curfew on you guys on Saturday night so you can shout better on Sunday morning. I got one hand clap over there. I'm going to give myself one. What happens in this room makes a difference for somebody. 
any church that's worth anything understands that every service is important and every service matters to somebody. Some of us may be able to take this morning off and come back tonight and flip a switch and be okay, but there might be somebody that this is their last church service. This is their last sermon. This is their last chance to get it right. With God, we got to take advantage of the moment that we have. There's people here. Come on, lift your hands and help me pray right now. There's people here right now that may never feel the pull of the Spirit of God on their heart again. There's people that may walk out of these doors, but the next time they come, they'll be wheeled in by a pallbearer. I can't afford to dismiss this service. I can't afford just to put it off and say, maybe I'll have a better night tonight or next week. We need a move of God right now. We need somebody to be stirred up right now. God's reaching for somebody this morning. He's reaching for those who are confused and don't know what to make out of their circumstances in life. They thought they had it all figured out, but then their life got turned upside down and a wave of confusion came and they don't know what they believe anymore. They don't know if they really believe God anymore and we've got to take advantage of this opportunity to let them know that God is real and he's here and he's alive and he loves people. There's some that have been disappointed. I'm talking about the definitions of the definition of the word yabesh, the word dry. There's some that have been disappointed. Somebody let them down. They thought they could trust somebody. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was a leader. Maybe it was somebody in their life and they put their trust, but their trust was broken. And now they don't know if they can trust anybody. And that disappointment has led to a wedge between them and God. And they don't know anymore if they can get it together. Perhaps maybe someone is just confused and you just don't know why you're dealing with the things in life and others just wither away a little at a time. Whatever the reason, the end result was the same. They were dead in the open valley. Praying about this service for quite some time. Asking God, Lord, what do you want to do? God, what's your will for this Sunday morning service? God, who do you want to reach for? God, what do you want me to say? God, I don't want to just stand in front of a congregation of this many people and come with just some kind of a recitation that doesn't do anything for anybody. God, there's somebody here that you want to reach and somebody here that you want to touch. God, what do you want me to tell your people? And I felt like God spoke to my heart and said, tell somebody that I want to restore some injured soldiers today. I want to touch some people who are in the valley today. I want to pick some people up who have found themselves in a valley of life and they've wondered, will I ever get back to where I'm supposed to be? The Bible said that God 
The Bible said, am I, am I right? Who's got, chapter, who's got chapter one open? Who's got chapter one open? Chapter one and verse one. I just want you to, if, if, I, if I say something that's not there, I want you to, to, to raise your hand and say, Pastor, you're not saying it right. But the Bible says that it was the hand of the Lord on Ezekiel. Am I right? You that have your Bible open, am I right? Is that what the Bible says? It was the hand of the Lord that was on Ezekiel. And it was the spirit of the Lord that led him to that valley. Is that what that verse, is that what verses one and two say? It was the hand of the Lord and it was the spirit of the Lord that put him in a valley. I want to preach to somebody that's in a valley this morning. Somebody that's been a long time since you've had a spiritual breakthrough. Somebody that you feel like your life is being drugged through the valley and you wonder, God, what have I done? I just want you to know that just because you're in the valley doesn't mean that God's hand is not on your life and that the Spirit of God is not working for you. Just because you're in a valley, it's not a sign of God's disapproval and it's not a mark against you. Sometimes God just lets you go through a valley because there's some things that can only happen when you're going through a trial and going through a valley. Some things don't happen on mountaintops. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I'm planning on preaching a little bit on this same passage tonight. But can I tell you, we love resurrection stories, don't we? Don't we love resurrections? Amen. When you study, when Jesus caused Lazarus to come out of the grave, how many have ever shouted about that a little bit? How many have ever got excited about Lazarus coming out of the grave? We all, how many ever got excited when the widow's son was raised from the, the grave? Didn't we shout over that? How many of us ever got excited on Easter about Jesus coming out of the grave? Do you realize that the passage of scripture we read for a text is the biggest resurrection that's ever happened in history? That an entire army was brought back to life and it didn't happen on a mountaintop. It didn't happen up on the high place. It happened in a valley. There's more miracles in your valley than there is in, my God, I feel something stirring up right now. There's more miracles that happen in your valley than anywhere else. Oh, God, I wish somebody would praise him right now. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we see the word valley, we automatically think, oh, no, it's going to be bad. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be horrible. But an entire army was raised up in the valley. And if God can raise up an army in a valley, God can raise you up out of your valley. If God can bring life to an army in the valley, God can bring life to you in your valley. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord. I'm coming to reach for somebody that your valley is not going to be your grave. God didn't design your valley to destroy you. God didn't design your valley to kill you. God designed your valley for your restoration and your resurrection. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. You know what I wish? I wish somebody that was in a valley would just begin to praise God that he sent a word to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, 
I preached in Louisiana Friday night, Brother Wilson. My, my voice is shot already. It's going to be a long day for me. Y'all going to have to help me because right. they, they shouted so long. I got done preaching Friday night. They shouted so long it didn't look like they were going to quit. So I just went to the pastor's office and got a bottle of water and turned them loose. <laughs> I find it interesting that God sent Ezekiel to this valley of bones. Right. He could have sent anybody he wanted to send. He chose Ezekiel. The, the, word, the word Daniel... You know, Daniel the prophet, the word Daniel means the judge of God. But they didn't need a judge in the valley. He could have sent Haggai. Haggai is a good prophet, but his name means festive, and they needed more than just a little cheering up. He could have sent Habakkuk. Habakkuk means to embrace or hug, but I know a lot of people like to hug, but sometimes a hug don't do anything for you. Could have sent Amos. Amos' name means a burden, but they didn't necessarily need another burden at that point, did they? And so the Bible said that the hand of the Lord was on Ezekiel, and the Spirit carried Ezekiel to the valley. All these dead, dry bones in the valley. They didn't need another burden. They didn't need a hug. They didn't need festivity, and they didn't need a judge. What they needed was Ezekiel, and the word Ezekiel means God will strengthen Amen. God sent strength to their valley. God sent strength to them when they were in their valley. Let me tell you that God doesn't want to beat you up today. God doesn't want to pat you on the head and send you out the door with a sucker so you can feel better about yourself. God doesn't just want to give you a little bit. God wants to give you strength for what you're going through today. God knows what to send you when you're in your valley. God knows what you need. And God wants to send a resurrection. God wants to strengthen you. I'm preaching to somebody in a valley. God's going to send you supernatural strength today to help you get through what you're dealing with. God, let it happen right now. God, begin to send strength to the struggler today. Begin to send strength to those that are in a valley right now. I I wonder if somebody can help me pray right now. I wonder if if you're not in a valley, you ought to reach your hand out because you'll be pointing at somebody that was. If you are in a valley, you ought to reach your hand up and say, God, give strength in my valley. God, put strength in the valley. The Bible said the hand of the Lord was upon me and the Spirit carried me into the valley. And God picked up a man whose name means God will strengthen. And God picked him up and put him. God wants to put strength in your valley for you. The Bible said these bones bones were very dry. I was reading an internet source And it says that it takes 40 to 50 years for bones to dry out and become brittle. The Bible said they were very dry. They had been in that valley for a long time. They weren't new to the valley. They had been there for a long time. We read the last few moments of their valley experience, don't we? 
We get to jump in there and read 10 verses of the last few minutes of the valley. We get to read the good part where the bones fly all over and they bone to his bone and then the flesh comes and then the, the wind comes and they stand up and all of a sudden they're alive and we get to read the last few minutes. But if that, if that resource is correct and it takes 40 to 50 years for bones to dry out, what about all those years that they laid there and it looked like they were never gonna come back? What about all those years that they laid there and it looked like they'd never have a break? Breakthrough. It looked like they'd never have victory and walk again. How about all that time they laid there and nobody talked about them and nobody helped them and nobody strengthened them and nobody picked them up. But now all of a sudden we get to read the end of the story and find out that there's life in the valley. I'm preaching to somebody that maybe you feel like it's been a long time since you had your breakthrough. You've dealt with problem after problem and issue after issue and you're starting to wonder, will I ever get my breakthrough? Well, Look, we just read the end of the story. We didn't get the whole story. We didn't get the story about how many sunrises and sunsets that went up and down while that bone was laying in the valley. We never heard about how many rainstorms blew in and blew out, how many winters came and went while they were in the valley. I've come to tell somebody that just because you've been in a valley for a while doesn't mean that God doesn't still know exactly where you are and what you're going through. You may have been dealing with it for weeks, months, or even years, but that doesn't mean that God's forgotten about you or God's forgotten your situation. But in a moment of time, God can send an Ezekiel into your valley to give you life and strength. Oh, I wish somebody lift their hands to heaven right now. Oh God, I wish somebody would help me in the spirit right now. I'm preaching to people that you've struggled and it's been a while, it's been a long time. You think, God, will I ever... Will I ever get it back? I've just come to tell you, you may have been in the valley for a long time, but all it takes is one moment of God sending strength, and he can reverse all the effects of the valley and all the effects of the wounds and all the effects of the soldiers that died. He can turn it all around in a moment, no matter how long you may have been in that valley. We don't like valleys, do we? Let's, let's just be a little bit open and honest here right now. How many's ever been in a valley? A spiritual valley. Come on, you can raise your hand up high. Raise your hand up high. I want everybody to look around and see. I'd raise both hands. If I had 12 hands, I could raise all of them. If I could somehow raise my feet right now without falling, because I've been in some valleys. We don't like it, do we? We don't like it, do we? And then there's the voice of the enemy. Anybody have an enemy talk to you when you're in the valley? He knows to be quiet when you're on the mountain. But when you get down to the valley, he starts talking to you and telling you, don't he? In the Bible, Israel, they had an enemy. In the book of 1 Kings, the group that hated Israel was the Syrians. The Syrians hated Israel and they hated the God of Israel. It's amazing that these battles that shaped the world now have been going on for thousands of years. 
Here's what happened in 1 Kings 20 and 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Here's what the enemy says. Here's what the Syrians said. The Lord is the God of the hills, but he's not the God of the valleys. I'm trying to tell somebody that's in a valley right now, and you're tempted to think that God's just the God of the mountaintops. That's the voice of the enemy telling you that he's the God of the hills and not the God of the valleys. It's the enemy that's telling you God doesn't care about you when you're in the valley. If you're hearing it, that's the enemy telling you that God doesn't care right now. The enemy, the Syrians have said he's the God of the hills, not the God of the valleys. I've come to tell you that the God I serve is not only the God of the mountaintop, he's the God of the valley as well. Amen. Can I? Brother Wilson, I'm trying my best to preach right now. I'm trying my best to preach to some folks right now because I'm going to tell you one of the most frustrating things that I've ever dealt with in my own walk with God is when I've been in revival services and church services where it looked like everybody else was getting a breakthrough and here I was feeling a million miles away from what God was doing while everybody else is shouting and carrying on. I'm there, but I feel like God's a million miles away from me. I've been in, I've been in revivals. I preached a revival in Georgia one time. We went for six weeks and baptized people every night, had people filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, it was revival for week after week after week. And during that whole revival, Sister Wilson, I felt like I was a million miles away from God. Here, the whole church was having revival, but I was in my valley and I'd go home every night. I went to the hotel every night and I'd lay in that hotel and I would ask God, God, why is everybody else having revival and I can't feel a thing? Why is everybody else having a move of the Spirit but I feel like I can't get anything. And I'm going to tell you, it's because the enemy wants you to believe that while everybody else is having revival, that there's a problem with you. God wants you to know that it's the enemy that tells you that God's only the God of the hill, not the God of the valley. I've come to tell the one that hadn't felt the Holy Ghost in a year, he's still your God and he's still for you. The one that while everybody else been shouting around here for week after week and we've been baptizing people, but you still are struggling, I've come to tell you that he's your God just as much as he's the God of the shouter. He's not just the God of the hill. He's the God of the valley. Ezekiel said, the hand of the Lord was on me when I went in the valley. The enemy says, your God's only with you when you're on the mountaintop. He's not with you in your valley. It's the voice of the enemy that says it. So God says, here's what I'm going to do. Because the enemy said that, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver all the enemy into your hand, and they're going to know that I am the Lord. Let me tell the person that's struggling. I'm, I'm going to quit. Brother Ethan, you can come on, go, on, go on and come up. I want to tell the person that's come to church week after week in your valley, thank you for not quitting. 
Anybody can come on the mountaintop, but not everybody can be faithful in the valley. Those that have worshiped even when you hadn't felt it, thank you for worshiping. Because anybody can worship when everything's going great. Anyone can worship. Let me tell you, I, I, I told this story the other day. I had a, and I've told it here before. I had a lady that I pastored in Indiana. And, and uh, one day, I mean, they, 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 didn't have, they didn't have much in any way, financially, sense-wise, or any other way. And one day, this lady brought me a check for $83,000. And I said, wow, praise the Lord. It was in December. It was dated February the 2nd of the next year. I'm like, thank you. She said, you can't cash it. I said, well, I see it says February 2nd. I said, what's the significance? Well, that's Super Bowl Sunday. So, well, okay. What's, what's that? Well, that's the day they're picking the winner for the publisher's clearinghouse. And I'm paying my tithe in advance. Well, I said, aren't they giving away 10 million? That's not exactly a tithe, but, that, but nonetheless. Man, she gave me that check before service that night. She shouted like crazy. I mean, she shouted and whooped and hollered and everything. I mean, like, and the next week she did it. And the next week she did it. But do you know what happened on February the 9th? The Sunday the next Sunday after the sweepstakes drawing, man, you, you couldn't have got her off the floor with a car jack. I mean, what you were shouting two weeks ago when you thought you were winning the sweepstakes, God was great then, but he's not great now? You, you mean you can only shout? When you have this dream of something that if you had it, you wouldn't even serve God probably because you couldn't handle it. Wait, I, I'm not preaching that to you. I, I should have preached it to them. I just thought it. That when that, you thought everything was going to be sweepstakes winning, you were able to shout and worship. But then when you didn't get your name or number drawn, all of a sudden you can't hardly even get your face up off the ground. That's when people, that's why people think that he's only the God of the hills. Because some people only worship when everything's going great. But it's those of us that have come in here week after week when we're hurting, when we're struggling, when we're in trial and tribulation, when things in our world's not going how we wish it would, and we're facing situations in life, but we still come to church anyway, and I still lift my hands, not only, not by experience, but by faith, because I just know that if I'm ever going to make it, it's going to be because of God. You know what you do in the valley? You shout like you were on the mountain. You know what you do in the valley? You worship like you would on the mountain. You know what you do in the valley? You pray like you would if you were in the mountain. You just got to keep on going because he is the God of the valley as well. My valley will not be my grave. My valley will not be my grave grave as your eyes are closed all over this place I feel like God's given me a message 
hope to God that God's reaching for somebody right now. Maybe there's somebody that's been in the valley for a while and you've been tempted to think maybe, maybe this is just where I'm going to be forever. How many days went by where those bones just laid in the valley until the Spirit of the Lord dropped strength right in the middle of the valley. Lord, I know there's people that have dealt with the ups and downs of life. God, there's those who are dealing with confusion and disappointment. Those who are dealing, God, with different various issues in life. How they got to the valley is not really even material at this point. The fact is there's people in the valley today that need you, Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to somebody that's been discouraged. Speak to somebody that's been frustrated and disappointed. Speak to somebody that's just feels like they're slowly withering away. God, let the anointing of your spirit move in this valley today. Thank you, God, for letting the ones in the valley know that you hadn't forgot about them. Thank you, God, for reaching for the people in the valley this morning. Can you help me pray all over this place? This whole room ought to be a prayer room right now. There's people that need to be baptized in Jesus' name today. There's people that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. There's people that are carrying the scars and the wounds of their past. Things that happen in their life. Things that others might have done to them. Things that they've had to deal with and face. And they wonder, will I ever get out of my valley? I've come to tell you that God is the God of the valley. Why don't you reach over to somebody close to you and pray? Can you do that? Can you reach over and pray with somebody? God wants to give someone a special anointing of strength for their life today. God, let your mercy and grace reach for somebody in their valley. God, come on, let's pray. Come on, this altar's open. If you've been dealing with the valley in your life, we're not gonna we're not gonna make you tell what it is. We're not nobody's gonna ask you what it is. You can just come and pray, and somebody will pray with you, but we won't intrude. We won't intrude and ask you what's going on. We'll just we'll just pray with you. You can come right now. God, help me to come out of my valley. Help me, Lord Jesus, to find strength in my trial.
Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Lord, pour your spirit out. Lord, pour the Holy Ghost out. Come on, can we gather around? Can we pray one for another? Maybe you don't need this message. You'll need it someday. But somebody needs you to wrap your arm around them or put your hand on their shoulder and just let them know you're praying with them and you care about them. God, to give hope and strength, to give help, one to another. Come on, don't, let's not just discount this moment. Find somebody to pray with and minister to. Let the Holy Ghost use you to help somebody. God grant somebody strength in this moment. In this situation. Come on, you ought to find somebody to pray with. You ought to look around. If somebody's praying, you ought to just pray with them. Jesus' name. Oh, let's be spiritually aware of what's going on around us right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I worship you and I praise you. Hallelujah. Give somebody strength. Give somebody strength for their moment, for their time, for this space in their life, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord.
while the Holy Ghost is moving and they're singing, why don't you join up with somebody close to you and just begin to pray one for another. Can you do that? Can you ask the Lord for His touch and for His help? The Holy Ghost is touching people right now. God is giving strength right now. God's trying to pick some folks up. Thank God that He's the God of the battle. That's right. Pray one for another. God, we need each other. We need each other. I need my brothers and sisters to pray for me. I need my church family to pray for me. Take this altar with prayer right now. God wants to strengthen somebody.
lift our hands to heaven. Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody ought to be baptized today. Somebody ought to get that brand new start today. somebody hope this morning. Come on, can you help me pray? God, I pray you give somebody hope this morning. Thank you, God, because you are the helper. Oh, come on, can you help me pray right now? Lord, I pray for your spirit to flow in Jesus' name. the Holy Ghost out right now. Hey, somebody ought to go ahead and let the Holy Ghost move right now. is the message I, I was trying to preach this morning. 
the Lord spoke to Ezekiel after this whole prophecy and said, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. The bones were the innermost part. If your bones were dried, everything was dried. All hope was gone. But here's what the Lord said in the next verse. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves. Somebody's coming out of their grave today. It's been a long time in the valley, but somebody's coming out. My, My valley will not be my grave. I said my valley will not be my grave. I'm not going to die in this valley. I'm not going to die in this valley. I wish somebody get it in their spirit and say it with me right now. I'm not going to die in my valley. This valley won't be my grave. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and shout. Amen. What a word this morning. Amen. Praise God. You know, if, if, if God doesn't just miraculously deliver you while you're in the valley, keep marching on. Don't die in the valley. Keep pressing on. Keep knowing, doing what you know to do is right. And watch God work that a miracle for you eventually. You'll start climbing up the hill on the other side of the valley, and you'll have blessings in the long run. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer for dismissal. God, we thank you for your many blessings, for speaking to so many in this place this morning. God, we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to take this word with us as we go our separate ways, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to come ready to worship and give you praise that you deserve in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bring your tithes under the storehouse, and you're dismissed in the name of Jesus.